Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Spilling Royalty with Sean Mandel. Maggie, you're looking very stylish and coronation appropriate for our final episode before the coronation of King Charles III. Oh, thank you so much, Sean. Sometimes I think that I follow the royal family only for the fascinators. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners who are listening and not just watching us on YouTube, which, yes, you can watch us on YouTube as well. uh, Maggie has donned a delightful blue fascinator. I might even have... Pause to say royal blue? I, yeah, I, who's it's, a, to, it's a royal who's navy. Yeah. You know who loves navy is Meghan Markle for a royal occasion, <laughs> yes. but I digress. Um, <laughs> but it is, the, it is the perfect fascinator for such an occasion. I am just wearing my T-shirt that says, if found, please return to Buckingham Palace, because should my body <laughs> ever wash up on a shore or in a dumpster somewhere, if I'm wearing this, you know, it's generally good advice for someone. But... This is all alluding to the fact that we are in the home stretch of this run up to the coronation. Like if this is if we are in a run up, you need to be sprinting to get to the finish line now if you're hoping to be the first one across the line. We are just days away uh, from the coronation happening in London, King Charles the Third. Yeah. So we are going to focus almost exclusively on the coronation. When this episode drops in your feed, it'll be what, 48 hours, less than 48 hours, right? right? That's right. Um, So we're going to get into the nitty gritties of like where to watch it, how to watch it, what to watch for, uh, the main characters. Other than Maggie and me, of course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Obviously. But we also have a really great interview that we're excited to share. Yes, we are going to be talking with the ladies from Keeping Up with the Windsors, Rachel and Michelle. They are the co-hosts of a wonderful podcast about the Royals, as you may have surmised, that really digs into their working life. Uh, Their working engagements follows them around to the different things that they actually do as part of their J-O-B job. Yes. And they are British. It's a British podcast. So we're excited to be able to share the perspective from that side of the pond. All right, Maggie, time to put the kettle on. Yeah, let's spill some royalty. This is Spilling Royalty, a podcast that follows the piping hot stories of the British royal family from London to Montecito, all the way to the upcoming coronation of King Charles. I'm Sean Mandel, a producer, pop culture devotee, and part-time royal correspondent. And I'm Maggie Van Dorn, the show's producer, Sean's biggest fan, and his occasional sidekick. In each episode, we will spill the tea. That's American for gossip. On the latest stories about the heir, the spare, and their kin. Tea will be served with some cultural context and history from across the pond that you can't go without. So without further ado, let's spill the royal tea. (laughs) 
So normally we would talk about headlines, royal headlines this week at uh, this part of the show. There are, of course, royal stories going on. You can look those up. One in particular I just want to quickly draw your attention to. Megan and Harry had a date night at a Lakers game. Super go to cute. TMZ.com. Super cute. Mm-hmm. They were on the kiss cam. They didn't. Anyway, okay, just go and look that up, right? That's what you <laughs> want to do. But we don't have time for all the rest of it because the one big headline this week is that it is Coronation Week. We are in the final hours of this whole shebang. So we're going to talk to you about how you should watch it, where you should watch it, and what to watch for, really. To begin, let's start with the time. So if you are in the UK, it is happening on Saturday, uh, the 6th of May, which is, again, should be about 48 hours from now, from when this podcast comes out. Uh, But that will be happening at local time of 11 a.m. That's when the actual service starts, right? So this is when uh, Charles, King Charles, will be in the church. We're going to be having the procession. Uh, All the sort of guests will be seated because this is a religious ceremony. Remember, it'll be at Westminster Abbey. Uh, That is the official beginning. And that's typically the time that um, any big royal function happens, uh, you know, a wedding or whatnot. It's always 11 a.m. And they've probably timed that for different time zones. So, But of course... It means that you got to be up a little bit earlier to see the coverage running up to the event itself. Right. And even if you want to watch just the event itself, I mean, granted, there's going to be playback available. And also, you know, TMZ.com is going to be covering the best and funniest and most interesting and most you know, salacious moments as well that we will uh, have our eyes on during the coronation. But if you want to watch the entire thing, um, you know, you can watch it uh, either on cable or live stream, which we'll get into in a second. But the important thing to note is that there that time difference that Maggie alluded to. So if you are on the West Coast of the United States, if you're in L.A., where I am, uh, there is an eight hour time difference between uh, L.A. and London. So 11 a.m. start for the service, like hard start, meaning, you know, programs getting kicked off means a 3 a.m. Yikes. Sean. Yeah. Okay. I know you and I have both gotten up really early for previous weddings. Uh-huh. Um, what do you recommend for, for, for people who do want to be up for it? Like, how do you prepare mentally, spiritually for this event? What a question. What a question. Um, I do advise sugar. In some form. I I advise sugar and caffeine in some form, Uh, whether that be coffee, whether that be tea, whether that be cake, whether that be scones, um, you know, some sort of, of one of those two, of both of those categories, I really recommend. In terms of how much time you want to give yourself, if you want to watch it live and you're on the West Coast... Um, which, by the way, so 3 a.m. on the West Coast means 6 a.m. on the East Coast in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you get off a little easier if you're on the East Coast. So you have to make a decision as a West Coaster mm-hmm. if you're going to really do this. you got to make a decision of are you going to try and take a nap somewhere that night? Because it's not sleeping. Let's be clear about that. Not it's a full not sleeping. Night. It is not a full night. You will be getting a nap at most. And also, do you like how hardcore are you? Because do you want to be watching coverage the before coverage like the leading up to it because as as anybody who's seen any sporting event ever ever and that's what this is essentially <laughs> this being is our treated sporting as. event this is a sporting event you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's the oscars there's the super bowl and there's the coronation which really is actually the most rare of all those things because once in 70 years exactly but again i digress um i would say that you might be better off taking like a disco nap Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. you know, Friday evening, and then like, you know, 
stay and just staying up staying up late staying up through it yeah um, maybe throw so a party maybe, like a little impromptu coronation party i mean and i've done that i've done not a coronation party but i've done like you know royal a royal wedding party before uh-huh. and that's very fun granted you have to get a group of people that are very committed mm-hmm. because uh, you know it's there's it's sacrifices certain, are made sacrifices are made mm-hmm. but you know if you get a you get some food you get some desserts maybe a little champagne or something mm-hmm. if that's yeah if that's if you're so inclined uh why not can it can be a, it can be a fun way to do it but um you will be able to watch it after the fact as well there will be clips and everything the whole service will be about you know a couple of hours you can watch it streaming one place i'll tell everybody that you can watch it streaming that's super easy to find and free is sky news uh, if you go on youtube um sky news uh has a 24-hour uh uh, news uh, channel that you can watch for free on YouTube in the U.S. Um, and they, of course, uh, they're primarily based out of Britain. So you can watch that whole service there. The Royal Family also has a YouTube channel that they'll be streaming the service and everything on their YouTube channel, but it'll just be without any commentary or whatnot. Yeah. So uh, if you want to watch it with commentary, you can go to Sky News if you don't have any cable or anything like that. Otherwise, all your you know major networks, uh, news networks, ABC, um, for example, is going to have a big special on it as well. And if you don't, you know, if you miss the news commentators and you don't want to watch Sky or whatnot, that's what Twitter's for. So, <laughs> that's um, true. you yeah. know, there's going to be uh, a lot of opportunities for people to watch. So. Definitely uh, find whatever way suits you best. Yeah. So let's talk about what the program entails. We have been talking about this all season, but uh, King Charles and Queen Camilla are expected to travel to Westminster Abbey on the morning of May 6th. It is called the King's Procession. Yeah, so um, they will go on uh, this procession to Westminster Abbey, um, which is where the ceremony is going to be taking place. I mean, this is a service that goes back a thousand years. There are going to be hymns, um, some of which Charles has, uh, you know, personally selected. Um, There are going to be oaths taken, but interestingly enough, this year, this is a little bit of controversial question or thing, or at least an item that people are talking about is, normally you would have the peers who are, uh, it's where this word comes from, uh, it means, you know, lords and ladies and dukes and duchesses and those with titles um, in the UK. They would take an oath to the sovereign um, saying they're pledging their fidelity to them. This year, it's being uh, brought chosen to be an oath of the people hmm. that you watching at home and will say if you're a British subject, say your oath to the king. Um, and that this is something in the people in the church as well. But the idea is that that it's not just the sort of the dukes and duchesses that make this oath, but everybody. But Oh, it's kind of a I pledge allegiance to the flag sort it's of It's an I pledge moment. allegiance to the flag okay. moment. But there are some people who are like, well, I don't want to pledge allegiance mm. to the flag. So they're, you know, people who are not monarchists. Um, so there's that going on as well. Um, so all of this is going, this is like a big part of it. Um, princess, the princess royal, Princess Anne, is going to be uh, playing a, a large part uh, in the uh, coronation ceremony, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, she is Charles's sister, um, and she's going to be, she has military experience herself. She is going to be leading um, a brigade of about 6,000 troops during this procession um, on horseback. On horseback, nonetheless. Uh, Nonetheless, which the queen also, you know, the the women in this family, uh, you know, just as much as the men, you know, do their military service and, you know, 
get get on horseback and march those troops. So uh, be looking out for Anne for that. Uh, Prince George is going to have a role as a page, as a page boy uh, in this uh, in the coronation, mm-hmm. um, as will also uh, Queen Consort Camilla's uh, grandchildren, which right. we alluded to before. So they're going to be there um, as well. Obviously, we're going to be looking out for Prince Harry, maybe a couple rows yes. back. Right. Where is he going to be seated? We don't know. And that's going to be a big question. He's probably not going to be in military uniform, but definitely look out for it. Because if he is, which is something he's he always wants to be, uh, be able to wear at these sort of mm-hmm. functions, that will be a big deal, meaning that Charles has made, uh, you know, an olive branch out to him. But again, I wouldn't expect him to. Okay. Um, and then the big thing to look for is the oath, the taking him taking of the oath to defend, uh, you know, to defend the faith, to defend the crown. Um, and there is a sacred moment that is going to not be shown, uh, we don't think, of the, him being anointed with holy oil. It's the moment where he actually becomes king. It's like the most sacred moment of the ceremony. So we'll be interested to see how that's filmed, what we do see, what we don't see. Uh, And then, you know, as well, the other thing I'd be looking for is the crowds. You know, how big are these crowds going to be? What are the crowds' reactions going to be? So you mentioned Harry's going to be there. Is he going to be booed at all? You know, we don't know. Just all all of those things are different factors to keep an eye on as you tune in. And then when is the coronation concert itself? Is it the same day or next day? it's the next day. Okay. And it's actually on Sunday. It's a whole weekend of festivities. It is a bank holiday, as they call it in the UK, which means, you know, a sort of government, uh, a government given day off. Uh, so they have a long weekend there in the UK. Sadly, we do not here in the US. Um, had to get rid of that monarchy. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so those are those are some things that I think will um, will serve you well to keep your eye out for. Yeah. Now, Sean, if people want to hear your ongoing commentary throughout the <laughs> coronation, where can they find you? What a question. Um, they can find me on Twitter, at uh, Sean Mandel. Uh, I will be there live tweeting it. Um, and there may be a, another place where I may be as well, but um, we'll check my Twitter. And if I do go anywhere <laughs> else. Let us know we'll, there. I'll let, I'll let you know there. Um, but uh, And if you're in the UK, I'll probably, I am going to be doing some interviews on the British radio there. So uh, listen, you know, if you're listening to the radio, hopefully I, you'll hear my voice. And uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely tune into my Yay. Twitter. I'll be giving live reactions in my pajamas um, <laughs> from 2 a.m. onwards. Fantastic. So up next, we have our interview with Rachel and Michelle from Keeping Up with the Windsors. But first, we're going to take a quick ad break. Rachel, Michelle, welcome to Spilling Royalty. Thank you so Hello. much for having us, Sean. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for making time in the wee hours there in the UK. I know your schedule must be jam-packed even more so than mine because you have in-person things to be doing that I can't partake of you know, out here in Los Angeles. Uh, but, you know, let's. I want to take it back to the very beginning of your podcast. What inspired you both to start Keeping Up With The Windsors? Well, we was like everybody else in the middle of a pandemic and we would always speak about the royal family and it was one of those things it's like, do you know what, Harry and Meghan's um, Oprah interview is coming up. 
why don't we just press record and see what happens? We didn't even know at that point if we were even going to put it live. Um, and it's just snowballed from there. And we've just celebrated our two year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you find that there's a topic um, or subject matter? I mean, I think, you know, you, you kind of just touched on something that we talk a lot about on this podcast, whether we plan to or not, um, which is Megan and Harry. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on them, you know, maybe a little bit more later. But uh, are there things that you find uh, continually popping up? Well, as you probably know, Sean, it's a bit, a bit like running on a treadmill constantly, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> we are keeping up with these Windsors. Um, yeah. the, I think the main thing for us um, is our podcast is predominantly talking about their engagements, about patronages, about their um, initiatives, and really honing in mm. on what their service is about. And everything else becomes a bonus. So that's what we tend mm. to do. Every week we look at um, what has been the, you know, the, the engagement they've been on, maybe the funniest thing or that type of thing. But then around that are the themes of possibly the institution versus the press or, um, you know, the family versus the institution. But the, I think the main thing that we found is this common values between people um, within the royal, you know, within the royal community and mm. um, this love for the Queen as well. That's really come out. And especially since she's passed as well, I think there hasn't been a day where we haven't had somebody on Instagram saying we really miss her you know so um yeah I mean I'm sure you can uh, did you did you like the queen Sean <laughs> yes I did um it's it's funny though for me because there's the sort of maybe false narrative out there that actually sometimes I still see in uh, on social media about like if you are a Princess Diana fan which was my sort of like entryway into the royal world as a kid you know that there's this idea that you know if you're a Princess Diana fan like you didn't like you know Queen Elizabeth II and I don't think that those two things are you know mutually exclusive and you know that they didn't you know there's this idea that they didn't like each other which also from what I know is like not true. So it's uh, so yes. Yeah, so I am definitely uh, a Queen Elizabeth II fan. I have a Christmas ornament of her <laughs> that hangs in a place of privilege. I actually still to this day get gifts. Like I have a uh, one of our other guests uh, who is a good friend of mine, Jamie Samhan, got me uh, Queen and Corgi salt and pepper shakers one oh, year for my birthday. So <laughs> there's there's quite uh, a little bit of a collection growing up. Uh, yeah. That's usually it's either Diana or the Queen. So we'll yeah. see you know what it I just got uh, someone else just gifted me a Diana coffee table book the other day so they're like oh I saw this and got it for you I'm like great it's not yeah. even my birthday thank, and thank and you remember once you're a royal fan that's it then you're just gonna get memorabilia constantly you're just that person it's like I yeah. realized like I had a whole moment to myself the other day where I realized that like people were talking about my my birthday which is coming up now and they're mm -hmm. like oh well what's it gonna be Princess Diana themed or Taylor Swift themed? And I'm like, oh my God, I have to, like, I have to rein it in. I yeah. really have to rein it in because now this is just, I mean, like, I know that's what my entire personality is, but now that, like, the rest of the world oh. is just putting it down to that, I've got to calm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that people might think that my personality really is about is Meghan and Harry mm. because it is something that I get asked a lot about. Um, and it's where I actually, even though I grew up, you know, sort of watching the role 
royals. I started working professionally in the royal world because of Meghan and Harry. I'm curious, you know, it seems to be that you uh, try not to uh, focus too much on Meghan and Harry on your podcast. As you said, you do focus on the engagements, which is uh, really interesting because a lot of people don't, you know, realize how much work they do, like those engagements. But I'm curious if you find that difficult, you know, at times, and if you find yourselves that, you know, in some way or another, you can't not discuss them. Uh, you can't not discuss whatever's going on in the royal world without discussing them. Yeah, I mean, we made a conscious decision that once the um, Oprah interview, they said that they were obviously no longer going to be working royals, that we wouldn't talk about them unless it pertained to the royal family. So obviously, once we've had Harry's book come out and the Netflix documentary, anything that when they speak about the royal family, we will then discuss. But when it comes to their actual day to day and news about them, we don't tend to focus on them because that was a decision that we made from the beginning was to, you know, because that that's what they said, they didn't want to be working royals. And so for right. us, we focus on the work of the members of the royal family that do still work for the institution. Yeah, it, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, Sean, it is, it is hard because you're right there. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say fanfare around them, right? But uh, it, 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 there's a fine line. Attention, because, maybe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But there is a fine line because I think some of the um, the, the uh, topics, possibly, um, some of them, they, they we don't know how factual those things are. And we just want to keep it to as many facts as we can. So sometimes it's... It's, it's great to talk about, for instance, the book Spare or the documentary, because those are from Harry and Meghan's own. They're telling that story. They're telling what their, their side of the story is. So right. it's um, it's great to do some fact checking around that and to see how it feels from a royal fan perspective um, and whether, you know, what they're saying actually has merit and, and to understand their point. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it, as a royal fan to see all of the different sides. Um, mm. And I think that that is where we're interested in rather than the um, maybe the he said, she said of it all. I agree to your point. I think it makes a big difference when, you know, you have someone actually coming outright and saying something. And then whether or not you agree with that, you know, that's a different yeah. matter. And you can do the fact checking as, you know, a lot of people have, you know, or put things in context. But yeah, it's it does get very tricky with the sourcing and it can get uh, we get in the weeds here. I'm curious, you know, what the sense is in the UK, uh, just, you know, from your casual conversations, you've been out there, you know, I follow you on social media, I see you going to the engagements uh, that the Royals are at. I'm curious if, if there is chatter, if you hear chatter about Harry's visit, upcoming visit, uh, if people are excited that he's coming or, or how they feel in general, or if, they, or if they're even commenting on him at all? I wouldn't necessarily say people are excited about Harry attending. I think we spoke about this on our podcast the other week, is we always said we would hope that he would come as the son of the king. Um, he has a right to be there. It's one of those things then when the whole Meghan and Harry together, it, it just drama in shoes that's that's the nature of them unfortunately at this point <laughs> right is that they just cause even the mention of their names it sometimes it gets people's backs up 
Um, mm. So I think the general feeling of people that we know, um, you know, especially talking to people over on social media that follow us and listen to our podcast, people, uh, it's, it's quite divided. Some people are very happy that Harry's attending. Some people feel that he shouldn't be attending because of everything that has happened since they've left the institution. So it is very difficult to gauge because no two people's opinions and thoughts are the same. Right. Yeah. We, when we were at the Platinum Jubilee, we were there um, in the crowd when they arrived at St. Paul's Cathedral and oh, wow. there was audible boos, but then there, there was audible cheers as well. I would say there were a, a little edging on more boos um, okay. than that, but there wasn't really um, widespread in the press. So, um, you know, from, from our, our experience, if that was the case, and that was even pre the documentary and the book. Um, right. I'm, I'm not sure how the uh, the crowd would react. I mean, I'm I'm um, I I think Harry coming to the coronation is is a good move. I think his in- invitation. Obviously, we knew he would get an invitation. It's a state right. occasion. He is a councillor of state as well, so it makes sense that he would be invited, and also that Meghan would be invited as well. Um, but I think actually, like like Rach just said, I think because there is that um, there. They have, I, I, you just mentioned, Sean, they bring a lot of attention and mm. that might actually take attention away from the king as well. So maybe that's another reason. I think we don't know, do we? We're just speculating, but, yeah, you know. No, we talk, we've talked about that as well. And that specific action, it's interesting that you mentioned the booze because I remember watching, uh, you know, those services and hearing them, you know, just in sort of like a in a live uh, you know, feed of it, mm. right? Without, yeah. you know, I had it on without any sort of like news commentary. I was like checking mm. things on Twitter, but just list- watching the live feed and I could hear it. And then I went to Twitter to see if people were actually doing that. Mm. Like if, mm. or if people, if I wasn't the only one who was hearing that and yeah. they, you know, they were. Um, and there's been other people we've spoken to this season that said, you know, that there may, like Megan may not be going because she either A, doesn't want to, be, like she feels she might be booed, doesn't want to be booed, or I mean, there's a way in which, you know, she may also, you know, to this point of being a distraction, you know, she may not want that to be what people talk about on Charles's day. Like if you want to take, you know, if you're if you're looking uh, for a view in which she's trying to be a, a healer in the family, you know, and make sure that Charles does get uh, the sort of credit and due and attention that I think we, you know, all can feel that he wants, uh, you know, on a very important day, you know, one, I think there are, there is an argument to be made that maybe she's saying, okay, well, I'll step back here because, you know, even if I can take it, the conversation's going to be about me. Mm. And it's always mm. going to be about me to some extent if I'm there or I'm not, but maybe this is the best way I can, you know, not make it about me. But as you said, it's like everybody's going to have their own, uh, their own sort of take on it. And it's it's interesting, too, because it seems to be... Um, the different takes do seem to break down a lot by, um, like, age difference, right, as well. like, uh, And I think that's something here in the U.S., you know, what people think of Meghan and Harry, what people think of, you know, uh, any of the varying <laughs> members of the Windsor family that you track. Uh, it, it kind of... Uh, their age is a factor in terms of their popularity. And I'm curious... Um, you know, there is a new poll that's come out that's shown that uh, about 70% or so of, of younger Britons just aren't, uh, don't dislike the monarchy, but just aren't sort of 
really enthused about or more or less indifferent about it. You know, you you guys obviously are clearly very enthused about uh, <laughs> about the modern. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I'm reading. It was it was a bold guess, and just I felt one. like I was just gonna lob it out there and take a chance. Yeah. Um. So that's but whatever you know, bold moves. Yeah. So uh, tell me if I'm wrong. But that was my feeling. Yeah. And so I- I'm wondering if you think that, uh, you know, if you have a sense of if that is accurate, again, just colloquially speaking with people in the UK, with people with younger generations. Um, and if you think there might be a way in which this coronation might appeal to, you know, uh, pe- to people uh, that are currently maybe not all that interested in the monarchy. I think with the polls, we don't really necessarily pay attention to them because they're not a true reflection of how many people are. So I think the recent poll that you're talking about, only 4,000 people were actually polled in that, considering how many millions of people live in the UK. Um, It's not a true reflection of how people actually feel. But I understand the younger generation, you know, I've got a 15-year-old niece. Is she interested in the monarchy? No, she's not really interested. She knows no, who they not. are, she, but <laughs> right. she's not interested. She doesn't follow them like I do. Will she watch the coronation? No, she'll probably see a bit of it. But right. it's not one of those things where she's going to sit down like I would and watch the whole thing from start to finish. And right. it, it is really interesting. But I think as well with social media, a lot of um, if you look at the younger influencers at the moment, speci- specifically if you're looking at TikTok, there is mm-hmm. that hunger there for it. People are intrigued, and I think it's because of the history of it and not necessarily mm-hmm. because of whose coronation it is. It may be felt a bit different if it was William's coronation, for example, because right. you have that um, that younger generation feel more of an attachment to him and Catherine rather than they do to Charles and Camilla. And interestingly, you know, it's something that uh, it keeps being brought to my attention. You know, if if Diana was being, you know, crowned queen um, instead of Camilla, I think that that's something that, you know, obviously that would be an incredibly alternate parallel universe uh, for that to be something that's taking place. But it, it's it's interesting, as you say, that it's uh, that there is this interest about sort of like the history and what this is, because we haven't had anything. You know, there, this hasn't occurred in 70 years. Um, and, you know, to that point, I wonder, you know, there's the concert that's going to be happening. Um, at, do you think that that is going to be the part of the coronation that might p- appeal the most to young people? I mean, we're going to have... Uh, you know, there's going to be some celebrity acts there. It's going to be Katy Perry performing, um, which is probably the the name most likely to get attention among like a or from a younger audience. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I think as well because it's going to be broadcast on television. Um, obviously, we have got the five thousand that have the tickets, and then you also have the um, the wide appeal of people watching this from all over the world. Uh, it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, we've had some photographs that have been um, posted. This uh, I think it was today or yesterday about um, the coronation concert and what it's going to actually look like. It looks spectacular. The set, the set design, the um, the setting with um, Windsor Castle the background how is that not going to attract some people and maybe not to love the royals but just go oh this is a really fun thing you know when um maybe they chat about the big help out or the big lunch and you go okay maybe somebody in my local area is having something so maybe they get involved in that way as well rather than Mm. just this is a cool concert you never know do you you never know because a lot of people have said um 
I got into loving the royals because of Diana. Like, actually, Sean, you've just mentioned that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's sometimes it takes a big event to spark somebody's interest and then they maybe go on TikTok and have a look or they go onto the royal website and have a look at what's going on. So we never know. We have hope. <laughs> we will see. But, again, we do know that the younger generation... Um, have this kind of apathy towards the royals. But as people get right. older, they start to appreciate, not always, but they do appreciate some institutions a little bit more. And then the love of the royals kind of sneaks in a little bit. So you never know. We have hope. But, um, you know, each to their own. And everyone has their own opinions, right? Totally. And it's interesting. You know, it just made me think of, and Katy Perry is an American. Yes. Which, by the way, like, I should say this, but she's actually has said that she's doing, partaking in the concert because of um, some work that she's done with Prince Charles. Yeah, and British his, Asian uh, his, Trust. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, with charity <laughs> efforts, which is, and so she was like, of course, I'm there. Um, and she's performed at other big events, uh, like the Democratic National Convention mm-hmm. in the U.S. for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, Orlando Bloom, who's Brit, like, talked about how she loves to perform these big events. But the thing that I was just thinking of and the reason why I caveat that she's an American is that so it may not help necessarily stir uh you know the the patriotic souls of Brits but is that you know the performance of the national anthem by Whitney Houston at the Super Bowl yeah. uh in the U.S. is this sort iconic of iconic <laughs> yeah. moment that made these uh the national anthem become a top 10 single like on the billboard charts and it made people feel a certain way about the national anthem and about america that people who had never felt that way before all of a sudden did and it was this sort of catalyst event uh, where it changed how people felt about that song and felt about their country even. Mm. Now, granted, you know, what happens after that? <laughs> Long story. But <laughs> yeah. in that moment, a change happened. So to your point, it's like, yeah, there is always something that, something big that can transpire or mm. even something small but meaningful yeah. that might catch the, you know, the eye or the imagination. Yeah, and what's really interesting you say about that is when we was at the Jubilee last year, the um, the concert then wasn't even on our radio. It was something that we were going to go to the mound we were going to see because we were there. And it actually happened to be our favourite event that we went to throughout oh, the whole really? four oh, days. Sure, it was incredible. It was incredible. So you've been trying to get... There's been... Listen, we in America <laughs> have not been following this as closely as you both have because there's been, as you've called it, a concert ticketing fiasco. Fiasco. Uh, <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> Um, I would like you to give our listeners here, uh, we're international, but you know, a lot of, a lot of our listeners are from the U.S. Give them a little bit of, uh, of an update on what this is, what's going on, and tell us the big question we want to know is, is this worse than Ticketmaster's Taylor Swift debacle? <laughs> because if it is, I think we got to call the White House. <laughs> Okay, Um, I'm gonna just, uh, you know, let it lie. No, it wasn't as bad as a Taylor Swift Okay, I'll calm down then, I'll calm down then. Okay, it just wasn't. The reason why is because these tickets were free. So we just, you know, at least the money money side didn't go up a bit. So yeah, Um, I think the main thing with this was when we first, um, when we first entered the ballot, it said, on a first come first serve basis, 5,000 tickets will be allocated with a plus one. Uh, you have to enter the competition um, any time between a certain date, and then it's a, it's a um, they'll do the ballot. So as long as you have your ballot in by a certain date, it doesn't really matter. It's not like a first come first serve thing. 
Right. Then all the tickets got allocated. So Rachel and I didn't get a ticket. So boo-hoo, we're not going. <laughs> um, then uh, last yet, week... Yet, until yet, we, until we figure out <laughs> We'll something. figure out somehow. <laughs> um, maybe I can dress up as Katy Perry. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Orlando Bloom. He, yeah, he might not be there. Know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we had a secondary email last week saying you have been picked out of the the second ballot from all of the tickets that people couldn't make on the first one so the people who you know for instance i can't make it they reject that ticket and then it goes back into the ballot now this secondary email was actually a, it said you have um, until it gives it gives you like a two-day uh, barrier you have until x amount of days to claim your ticket but then also it says first come first serve. So claim your ticket now. So it was really ambiguous. Is it a first come first serve? Is it a ballot? So when you click on it, it goes into Ticketmaster, but you can't actually claim your ticket because then you have a secondary email, sorry, another email after that, about two hours after, they said all of the tickets are sold out. So it was so ambiguous. And also it was really disheartening because I text Rachel and I said, Rachel, you gotta go see Take That because Take That is Rachel's favorite band. Right. And then I text back literally two seconds after saying, <laughs> No, oh, you're not. God. The tickets no, are all sold out. So we this just... is reminding me of my Taylor Swift traumas yeah. a little oh, bit. So honestly, keep going. I, I feel you. I, yeah, it is hard. Although I have seen rough. Taylor Swift in Hyde Park. Have you actually seen her live? No, I haven't. <gasps> oh my god! But I'm, go- I'm going. No, I'm going to and yeah. listen. It's a whole other podcast okay, that like okay. I could do about it. But it's like my seats aren't great, and like they're technically obstructed, even though they uh, told me they weren't obstructed. Uh, and I, that's but, what like, happened to me, Britney people... Spears. I was obstructed, and I was not happy. Um, but you so know what? We'll get in. Like that's we're in the room. Thing. But I'll be in the building. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You'll be breathing the same air, so that was the main thing. Okay. So <laughs> back to the Royals. <laughs> I'm curious. What do you think is going to be the most exciting? You know, the concert is of course you know like a big uh flashy centerpiece of the whole weekend but what do you think the you know besides that the most exciting part of the coronation itself will be it could either you know either the service or is it even just the everybody coming together you know on the streets of london i think it's it's just that really we've got so many friends that we know that are coming over um actually from the us that are coming over for this concert which is just absolutely incredible sorry for this coronation which is absolutely incredible um for me personally i cannot wait to see the gold carriage coming back in the coronation procession i just think that's just going to be so iconic the whole purpose of it is it was built for a coronation and to actually see it in its purpose coming down the mouth with the king and the queen consort wearing the crowns it's just going to be spectacular but the actual service itself again we've seen clips of queen elizabeth ii's coronation but we've never seen the whole thing all the way through so for us to be able to witness this with our own eyes watching this on tv you know obviously later when we're back home because we'll be on the mall fingers crossed coronation day fingers crossed (laughs) it's just it's just going to be spectacular and we were there as we say we were there for the whole four days of the jubilee and there's just something so magical about the whole experience of just being there and just soaking up the atmosphere with everybody else around you i think for me my the thing that sticks in my head right now about what i'm looking forward to is actually just that moment where king charles is kind of stripped down to 
the like the plain garments there's that anointing that happens it's the most you know um secretive um sacred part of the ceremony that right. is his connection to god and then yeah. The coronation chair, a chair that I've seen with my own eyes in Westminster Abbey. It's it's really unassuming. You look at it and you go, oh, okay, all right. They're like, you know, the people have put graffiti <laughs> in it over the years. And, right, you know, it looks a bit boys. tatted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's so, it's, it's so, um, it's got so much history attached to it. And to see mm. King Charles on that chair is just the epitome of a king and to be crowned. Um, it's also a sad day because I, I mentioned a bit earlier that you know it, it remi- it's a reminder the queen's no longer here, but I right. think it's also a way of um, solidifying in our mind that he is now the rightful king and right. he's no longer Prince Charles because he was Prince Charles for 70 years, you know? Yeah. So I, I think I'm really going to look forward to the, the, the parts of the coronation that... I think for years and years and years we'll still be seeing pictures of, you know, him with the robes, him with the um, the Saint Edward's crown, the coronation chair, the anointing. It's it's a big moment. It's such a historical moment in our history. One final question for both of you. It's a big question. Do you think Prince Louis will be allowed to go? <laughs> oh, Louis! <sighs> Hang we on, I'm trying to get my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Boss baby, we can't really call him boss baby anymore because he's no, just turned five. Um, I mean, he still has the personality of it though. Yeah, love exactly. Him. We love him. I mean, who can not forget the iconic photos and images that we saw of him at the pageant? That they were just absolutely hilarious. Him, he was so you know, great at the jubilee. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just loving life, wasn't he? And um, yeah, I think I think he will be there. I don't know if he'll sit through the whole coronation service itself. <laughs> but I, I hope think, he does. I really yeah. hope he does because it's going to give more antics. It will. It will. And I, but I definitely do think he will be in the carriage coming back with Charlotte and George and obviously William and Catherine. Um, so yeah, I mean, we saw them at Troop in the Color. So I, I do think that we are going to see him on coronation day, and he's going to look a little star, isn't he? That's what we're all waiting for. <laughs> It's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. And I just, you know, I love the photo ops. I love I love the kids, any, you know, whatever generation it is. You know, you look at photos of William and Harry, you know, when they were kids at any of the royal events, they always, they steal the show. They're the fun part. So, um, well, we will definitely be keeping an eye out for whatever they get up to. Um, Rachel Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk with us over here on this side of the pond about the coronation. And we hope you get some sleep now because <laughs> oh, yeah. there's not going to be much sleep in no. any of our future, really. But if you find <laughs> spots to take naps, please do so. It's going to be like the, the, the queue all over again for us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. We'll we'll, we'll do a, a group a group text thread and trying to assign nap shifts to everybody. <laughs> We're gonna a need a coronation celebration, Sean. Thank you. You too, as well. You too. They are so much fun. Oh my gosh, yes. I love hearing their perspective. Just sort of like because they go to all the actual engagements like they said you know if you go uh if you follow them on instagram you can see that they'll be on sort of like the front of the rope line as mm-hmm. it's called waiting you know they wait hours to be there at any of these uh events where you know uh will and kate or camille and charles are going to be so they can shake their hands and yeah. you know meet them um and i've only been to one of those type of events which was when i actually got to uh 
see in that same sort of up close and personal way Harry and William the day before uh, Harry's wedding mm-hmm. when they went out in Windsor to greet everybody who was you know there to sort of yeah. like thank them for their support. So th- they're, they're true just really, fans. They're true. They're like, true royal fans. family fans, and that's what I've enjoyed just in listening to their podcast is um, they're follow they follow just the charity causes and the the official royal events and so honestly if the royal family wanted a podcast theirs would be the one (laughs) no i mean like it's a great podcast to add into you know if you are interested in the royals to add into your mix because of the fact that you know listen i can't help myself get caught up in the drama so like there's gonna be we spill tea it's in the name of the podcast (laughs) yeah like that's gonna be like that's gonna be us that's gonna be me being this guy but like there's you can talk just as much if not more so about all like the actual like work that they do and you know we try and bring it back to that you know here as well like mentioning the fact that this is all happening in the context of work that they do as actual you know members of a government but like it's it's worthwhile remembering that uh, they do so much work like that they are out that they all are existing in this context you know they aren't just for lack of a better phrase kardashians they are in their own little lane about they're in their own little lane Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting to see both sides of that uh of that coin the celebrity side of it and the sort of like boring at times boring you know, middle class working type of job that it can be, which mm-hmm. is going to meetings, meeting people, you know, like shaking hands, you know, it's cutting not ribbon. cutting ribbon, like it's not super glamorous stuff. Um, but they, you know, th- those are the moments when they go and do that stuff. That's when we get to see some fun things and fun, unexpected, uh, you know, off camera sometimes and sometimes unrehearsed moments yeah. happen with the Royals. Exactly. And I think the next time that you and I will talk, Sean, will be post-coronation. I can't believe it. I mean, King Charles is King Charles, but he will have officially been uh, invested as it is. Uh, he will have been coronated uh, as king. And that is going to be the first time that there will have been a coronation on television uh, in 70 years. Uh, There was only one other coronation from a British monarch on television ever. And I mean, again, do the math of when television was invented. Uh, So this is something we haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, undoubtedly, there's going to be a lot to process. There's going to be a lot to uh, maybe pick apart and try and understand. So we'll we'll be here for you. We'll have one final episode. We're going to have one final episode to put a nice little blue blooded ribbon. That sounded weird. Um, you know what I mean, dear listener. It's we're gonna put a bow on things. Yeah. Um. So and hopefully give you some context uh, as we wrap out of this big chapter in history. So we will not be getting a lot of sleep. Uh. But you certainly can if you'd like. And and we'll you catch won't you up. Need to watch. Yeah, we'll catch you up. You don't need to watch everything because that's what we're here for. So. Last week, guys, we're almost there. So be sure to tune in next week to our final episode of season two of Spilling Royal Tea to recap all of the goings on that happened during King Charles III's coronation. Spilling Royal Tea is a production of the TMZ Audio Network. It's produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Wild Young is our in-studio producer. Make sure you never miss an episode and subscribe or follow Spilling Royal Tea on your favorite podcast app. And if you like the show, share it with a friend or someone you know who likes to spill the tea. You can also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing Spilling Royal Tea on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Sean Mandel. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next week.